everybody. Welcome to our special Quarantine Queens series on the For the Love podcast. I'm so happy that you're here today. Before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to International Justice Mission, who's making this whole episode possible. You've probably heard of IJM. They are the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. And they work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking. They've actually recently turned some of their attention to some serious efforts to help vulnerable and remote communities during the time of COVID-19. They have so many amazing stories of how they have helped people. I've seen it firsthand in traveling with them. And they are the kind of stories that give you faith that even the worst situations can still have beauty, can still have a wonderful outcome, can still have justice. So I highly recommend that you go to ijm.org slash share hope now to watch these stories. It really helps in the swirl of bad news to see some good and beautiful things happening. Okay, everybody, let's just do this together. Wherever you are, whether you're sitting or standing or moving or driving, let's take a deep breath. Here, I'll do it with you. Okay, in. There. That was nice, wasn't it? Just a tiny baby pause in your day. That's actually how I am settling my brain at night when I am laying in bed and cannot get the gears to stop moving. I'm trying to do like six or seven deep breaths like that in a row. And it's has such a calming effect on me. I can't believe how useful it is. One powerful way that we can move through this journey is just to take care of, take care of yourself, right? Just take care of yourself. It's that oxygen mask on the plane thing. And for me, a lot of times this starts by like checking in with my breath, just taking one tiny minute to pause and breathe. And just like that, it has just a very calming effect on all my systems. And so, okay. So speaking of crazy right now, it's just possible that your connections to not just yourself, but maybe to the other, to other people that you live with perhaps, or that you are trying to work with remotely now might feel at best wobbly, right? At worst, it might feel like you are fielding emotional nuclear meltdowns. So first of all, I want you to know that I'm really proud of you. I'm I'm proud of you for showing up here in this series to gather some tools and resources and community to help settle your spirit, to help put a little gas in your tank. So good for you. This is you serving, serving your life right now, serving your family, serving your story. And so I'm super delighted to have today's guest on the quarantine series because her message is surprisingly timely for our relationships right now. And our relationships are just really pressed into a pressure cooker. And if there's anything that we were learning throughout this whole thing, it's that those relationships are the most important things we have. This is what is left. This is what matters. And so my guest today is Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She is a daughter, sister, wife, stepmom, super passionate animal advocate. Catherine works with ASPCA and Best Friends Animal Society. She's written four books and her latest book, 
speaks right into the core of something that we may need to reach for virtually every single day right now. It's called the gift of forgiveness. (laughs) Man, and we're discovering right now that we're having to find ways to sort of forgive one another in real time right now, right? Like just on the daily for things big and small. And our relationships could really use this level of health. So I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Catherine. And of course, she's been working on this book for two and a half years, but here it is into the world right at this moment and serving us in a way that she did not anticipate and yet is incredibly powerful. So I am delighted to bring to you my conversation with the very wonderful Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. Catherine, I am so happy to meet you. So happy to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. So, okay. First of all, let's start here. If you hear baby birds, it's because just yesterday, a mommy bird made a nest in the attic of my office and had all her baby birds today. So, oh, except not. (laughs) That's so sweet. I love that. I hear them. Can you hear them? My poor sound engineer is just going to be like, well, why do I even have a job? I know. That's so sweet, though. It's a nice little thing to hear. That's what you're going to hear. And then you also hear a train. But in addition to that, I would love for you to talk just for a minute about you and where you are and who is in the house with you and... How are you managing this right now? What do your days look like? And what's kind of your rhythm that you're working out in your household right now? Yeah, so I am in Los Angeles and I'm home with my husband and with my stepson currently. I'm very close to my mom and my siblings and my dad. So we've been doing some social distancing walks with our masks on and things like that. But it's been a very interesting time. And as you know, you and I were kind of talking about a little bit before this, my whole quarantine really has been very heavily book focused and work focused for me, which I think is actually a huge blessing because my book launched a couple of days before we all went into quarantine. And so my, my days have mainly consisted of really just getting creative the past four or five weeks or whatever week we're on now. (laughs) Where are we? Right. What is it? (laughs) My mom sent my siblings and I uh, an article, like one of the very first days of quarantine about the importance of keeping a routine and structure while we're in quarantine. And so I have really tried to be super structured since I've been here. I, you know, set my alarm every morning. I make sure to do either a walk or a workout class because every single app has some sort of a workout class that you can do at home. Totally. So real. And then I really just try to like, I try to shower, put on makeup because that makes me like, feel like I'm actually going to work and doing something. And then there are days that I don't, of course, but just really setting up an office at home and doing work and having some structure and work hours, but just getting, I think, really creative and obviously like cooking and baking and doing things that we wouldn't normally do aside from being in quarantine. And so when it comes to the book and, you know, work, it's been really interesting, as I was saying to you earlier, that there are so many people in this time 
of being in quarantine, I think who are for the first time in their lives actually paying attention to the topic of forgiveness and opening their hearts and their world to forgiveness. So to see a lot of people that have, you know, written to me since my book has been out for the past month, that have just said, you know, I never would have picked up your book prior to this, but I'm in quarantine and I have, you know, time for the very first time in my life to actually focus on forgiveness and what that means to me. And now I picked up your book. That makes me so happy and also see very clearly the silver lining in this time. So that's great. I think it's Yeah, that's great. I mean, as you know, I cannot possibly identify with you more. I'm just a little bit behind you. I'm a month behind you on the schedule. But I agree too, that it is nice to have so much work to focus on. But I don't know about your home. But the difference here is that everybody is also still here. <laughs> so I can't count how many times I've been out here, either like on an interview or doing something. And there's a face at the window, like mouthing, can you make lunch? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are in high school. If you can't make a sandwich, I am of no service to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like really, I think requiring, it's funny because like I've been doing, you know, podcasts and Instagram lives and it's funny to see where everybody's setup is. Like if it's on your bathroom floor or locked in a closet <laughs> somewhere, it's like, you just have to sometimes have a little bit of time away from everybody else. Are you officing like right inside your house, like where everybody is? Yeah, but I like give a little bit of a warning when I'm doing something that's recorded. So I'm like, I'm doing something that's recorded for the next 30 minutes or an hour. And I need you to just let's all just be quiet for a second, <laughs> maybe go outside. So it's easier when it's pretty out here in LA. It's You can just maybe like do something outside. But. That's so true. Yeah, but you have five kids at home, yeah, right? So yeah, oh my I, gosh. Yeah, we don't have that here right <laughs> now. bananas. And I have yeah. a husband who has a lot of words. And so he is a verbal guy who wants to talk through whatever the thing is he's thinking about. And so I am just like, well, God bless us all. Just bless every one of us in this moment. Let's talk about your book for a second that you're mentioning. So it's obviously called The Gift of Forgiveness, which is such a lovely title. And can you tell me a little bit, going back to its original concept, back when you first started thinking about it, what is the inspiration behind this? Why is this your book? Why is this your message? Well, I was really, in my 20s especially, I felt like I was really struggling with forgiveness in my own life. And I also just felt like the very first time I was paying attention to forgiveness and also had no idea what it meant to me in my life, what the role of forgiveness was, how to practice it. I always kind of grew up thinking that it was something that needed to happen between two people and that it was, you know, something where I needed to wait for somebody in order to ask for forgiveness and start my forgiveness journey. And so I just became very interested in the topic of forgiveness and also wanted to learn more about it for my own benefit and my own personal reasons of wanting to grow in my forgiveness area and I looked for books. I went to different churches. I went to therapy. I talked to friends and family about it. And I really felt that at the end of the day, the most helpful nuggets of wisdom and way to kind of guide myself in the forgiveness journey came from talking to other people about their forgiveness experiences and struggles and journeys and be able to apply that to my own life and situation. And I quickly realized how unique forgiveness is to every single one of us and how what forgiveness means to me is something completely different than what it means to you and that's okay and how we practice it is all very different and 
you know, some people come to it very quickly. Other people take years, sometimes 30 years, and some people never get to a place of practicing forgiveness. And that was really interesting to me. And so it's why I chose to write my book in the format that it's in, which is a series of interviews with over 20 people about, you know, their experiences and struggles with forgiveness, really in the hopes of being able to have someone read the book and be inspired by someone's story, feel that they can see themselves or resonate with someone's story and open their hearts to practicing forgiveness in their own lives. Fantastic. One thing that you wrote that I really like is you said, when we learn to embrace forgiveness, it opens us up to healing, hope, and a new world of possibility. I know this is true. I've experienced this in my life. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you have found that to be realized in your own life? Every single person that I've talked to for this book and also just in general describes the moment that they have been able to practice forgiveness and they talk about it as feeling like a sense of freedom from you know pains of their past and that oftentimes a lot of us will say, and, and I'm totally guilty of this, someone will say, you know, oh, I'm over that. I'm done with it. I've forgiven them. It's totally fine. It's, And then you realize, you know, if you, maybe someone's name comes up, you see the person and you have anxiety or nervous feelings, or you feel uh, paralyzed by seeing somebody that you quickly realize that actually maybe you need to dive deeper into your forgiveness journey. And that's really what happened to me. And it was just an honest desire of, me really wanting to not carry that anxiety or that tension around in my day-to-day life and just wanting to be free from that. I like how you say that forgiveness, ironically, is this interesting way to take back your own power because I think how a lot of people think about forgiveness sort of in the way that it was either packaged for us at one point or that we've just assumed what forgiveness means, it can feel before practicing it that it is giving away power, right? Like that it is giving somebody a free pass or saying that didn't matter or that didn't hurt me or it's conceding power to another person or to the pain that they caused, but it's actually the opposite. And that to me is real powerful incentive to start a forgiveness journey. And I love how you say that too. Another thing that you mention is that a key point here isn't along these lines, just the lip service of saying, I forgive you. But then there is this really powerful additional step of how to let go, which that is hard. It feels hard. It sounds hard and is hard. And so I'm not sure, frankly, if it's harder to let go of something that someone else did to me or something that I did myself, that's just equally as painful. And so what have you learned about the act of letting go, like that next step from the people that you interviewed from your own experience, how is that something we can actually do, even though we don't forget? I think the choice of choosing to forgive is one thing. And then also being patient with yourself as you live your life and go through life when you have trigger moments that might take you back to being angry or upset about something. I myself had a lot of times where I would choose to practice forgiveness and I would have moments where I would be like, oh, that actually, you know, one day it would upset me, the next day it wouldn't. And I would say like, oh, well, maybe I actually haven't been able to practice forgiveness. And I quickly realized it's not about my inability to practice forgiveness. It's actually really about 
you know, being gentle with myself as I get stronger in my forgiveness journey and also with my choice to forgive and being clear that that's something that I want as a part of my life. It's hard for a lot of us. For some people, you'll see in the book, it's like it comes very quickly and it's a one and done thing and they don't necessarily dwell on it or think about it again. But for the majority of us, it is something that is an ongoing process. And those trigger moments might sting more in the beginning than they do 10 years from now, which is normal. And it's also just about knowing that it requires patience and time to get to a place where certain things that might have stung you deep might not sting you as deeply. Right. So you've keep alluding to them. For the book, you interviewed so many incredible leaders, friends of mine, some of them, they've been on this podcast too, Nadia, Lewis, every one of them with a very powerful story. I wonder if you would talk about maybe one of them that is either really resonating with your readers or maybe just one that really stuck with you specifically. I would say probably the couple people that I've been asked the most about since being on a at-home book tour (laughs) is I would say Chris Williams and Scarlett Lewis, Elizabeth Smart. I think people just really recognize that name a lot. And, you know, we all remember that story. Most of us do. And it's interesting because, for example, for Chris Williams, people talk to me about, you know, wow, he, and this is, this is a man just to take you back. This is a man who went to dinner or went to ice cream one night with his pregnant wife and three children and was hit by a drunk driver on the way home. And his wife died and and his two children in the backseat passed away as well. And he spoke about being in the car right after he was hit and realizing that he had lost those family members and his other son was really severely injured in the backseat. And he talked about hearing a voice in his head that said, let it go. And he talked about making the decision right then and there to forgive and to live his life moving forward in the way that his wife would have wanted him to live, which is, you know, free from anger and to have compassion and empathy for the young man who caused this horrific accident. And since that's happened, you know, they have Chris Williams and the young boy who hit his car that one night have since become friends, which is fascinating to me and also to a lot of people. But it was interesting because when I first interviewed him, he talked about, you know, practicing forgiveness in that moment and having a clear desire to do so. And so I went back to him and I said to him, you know, like, did you ever feel feelings of anger or sadness or how did you not feel that? And he said, you know, no, of course I felt angry and I had days of feeling sad and devastated and, and rageful for what I had lost, but it was always about being patient with myself in those times, letting myself feel all of those feelings and then getting to a place at the end of the day or, you know, after I had felt my way through those feelings where I could feel like, okay, I know I want to forgive. I know I want to get there and allowing myself to feel those feelings, but then getting to a place of forgiveness at the end of the day. So I think that that his story seems to be one that people are really drawing a lot from and talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. And the whole thing is like kind of power packed just like that. It's interesting because obviously 
you couldn't have anticipated and didn't know that this book would come out right now. While we are all, you know, mostly quarantined at home with our families or whoever lives with us. And it has injected a pretty high dose of weirdness into our relationships, right? We're just, this is just not the structure we're used to. All of our systems and rhythms are displaced right now. And on top of that, our loved ones are reacting to this crisis in different ways. You know, we have a different response to what's going on right now. And so how would you counsel us about forgiveness in this specific season, kind of in real time, right? Like in a pressure cooker, how do we move through this time with our loved ones and keep our relationship intact by holding sort of accountability, if you will, or some sense of like structure in one hand, but also forgiveness in the other. I think just, first of all, understanding that everyone is handling this in such different ways is, you know, number one. I I know that for me, for example, I, when we first went into quarantine, I was like, okay, we're staying home, like made the decision. We're going to be home. We're not going anywhere. We're not going out of the house. We're going to, you know, use a delivery app to get our groceries and we're going to sanitize everything. And it was very clear to me how we were going to go about the whole quarantine situation in our household. And I saw a lot of other people, whether it was my friends or or family friends or just handling it in very different ways. Like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to go to the coffee shop I always go to, or my God, I'm not going to be able to see my coworkers or my friends or my family. And I went through, you know, after a couple of days, I was like, okay, I want to see my family now because I'm very close to, you know, my mom and my siblings and my dad. And so that was really the biggest change for me. But it was also just like, okay, we're all in the exact same situation. Like, you know, we can do FaceTimes, we can do social distancing walks and but also knowing that like I've woken up to text messages from friends who are like, Hey, I'm, you know, in quarantine on myself. I'm really lonely. Can we make time to talk today? So just seeing how differently every single person is handling the quarantine situation. And then I think for me professionally and having, you know, people that I work with, seeing how differently all of them are handling the quarantine, seeing people who are paralyzed by the quarantine, some people who, you know, don't skip a beat and continue working right along other people who are working much more effectively while being in quarantine. There's a huge scale of how people are reacting. And I was venting one day to my sister about me being frustrated with the way that somebody wasn't doing something the way that I I needed them to do. And when it comes to work and she was like, you know, I think everybody's just trying to do the best that they can in this situation. And I was like, you know what? You're right. The world is really like crying right now. And I think that everyone, we're all trying our best to put our arms around the world and each other to make everyone feel loved and taken care of and safe and healthy. And that's really scary because, you know, it's a time that a lot of the times we go through things like this and we look to our parents or to our elders to say like, it's going to be okay. Right. Or like, how long are we going to do this? And there is no ability to do that. So I think just knowing that like, we're all doing the best that we can, we're all handling quarantine to the best of our ability. And, you know, some days are going to be a little bit more challenging than others and to be patient with 
ourselves in those times of frustration and also patient with our loved ones and, you know, people that we work with and that we might get irritated by or frustrated with and just trying to take a deep breath and maybe do something for yourself in the day that you get frustrated or trying to find ways throughout your days to just do something where, you know, you're doing that on your own and you might get some space from a situation or I think that there are people who are going to having to go to work every single day and just like praying for them, keeping them in our thoughts. But I think it's totally normal. Bottom line is to like feel frustrated or feel challenged by a situation. And it's all about just like taking a breath and listening to what my sister said, which is just like, we're all doing the best that we can. That's good. (laughs) That's right. And it's true. That really, really is true. Okay, Catherine. So in this sort of quarantine series, we are asking all of our guests these kind of last three sort of rapid fire questions and kind of just off the top of your head. So here's the first one. And you've mentioned some of these earlier, so maybe you've got another one. Is there any practice or habit that you have acquired or you've started while being at home that is helping you stay like really grounded and giving you kind of a sense of steady calm throughout all this? I already tried to do something that was like physically active every single day to get my body moving and my blood pumping. But I think just having that is like the way that I start my day and also having meditation being a part of my mornings. I I use the app headspace every morning. And so I try to, you know, have that as being a part of my routine and, and my life, especially in quarantine. And I am a really big family person. So it's been really wonderful to be around family and, you know, be connecting with like my cousins that I normally didn't have as much time to connect with. So I think for me, like not that it's a habit that I've formed while being in quarantine, but really just this silver lining joy part is just really being able to have FaceTime and connect with my loved ones that maybe I would not have been able to connect with as much pre-quarantine as I am in quarantine. That's great. How about this one? And maybe the answer is no, none, because you've been launching a book, which I understand too. But just in case, now that you are home, 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 is there either a lingering project that you have either gotten around to tackling or you might, you want to, or you're thinking about it? Well, I'm 100% going to be tackling the organization in my home in a whole other level because I haven't been able to do that because I've just been so busy doing stuff for my book. So I definitely want to do more organizing. I also, my mom got me a scrapbooking, which sounds so nerdy, but a scrapbooking kit for Christmas last year or the year before with like this amazing photo printer. So I have a lot of that to do. Those are like some projects at home that I really want to dive into at some point in quarantine. (laughs) That scrapbooking thing. I mean, you could fall down that rabbit hole hard. If you I know. let yourself, I I've used done to do that. it when I was in high school. I used to do it all the time and I stopped doing it. But I, I look back on those scrapbooks and I'm like, these are amazing because they have little charms and stickers and it's like they're. Oh yeah, I did it too. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. I also quit doing it. But when I go back and look at it, I am reminded like, oh, you sat here at this like weekend with your friends and you did this for 14 hours a day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do that. (laughs) It's time consuming. But you know what? Right now, weirdly, a lot of us have some time. So that is a great project. Okay, here's the last question. 
We actually ask all of our guests this question in every single series, and it's from a writer that I love. Her name is Barbara Brown Taylor. And you can literally answer this however you want, Catherine. It can be like a really serious and like earnest answer, or it can just be such silliness. This is your choice. But the question is this, what is saving your life right now? Mm, I would say family for sure. I'd say like family and just connections with family for sure is keeping me sane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know it turns out that's what really matters. Isn't it interesting to discover that when so much else gets pushed aside, it's required to be pushed aside. What really matters rises up and that's it for me too. Okay. Well, I am so happy that you were on today and happy to have met you. We will have links to the copy of this book for all my listeners and just a real joy. Thanks for serving your community right now, even now (laughs) for being available and for offering some really important instruction in a moment where we've really got to figure out how to nurture our relationships and forgiveness being a huge part of that. So thanks for coming on, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled that we connected and good luck to you with your book launch. Thank you. Thank you so much. So great. And I actually also loved how much Catherine was talking about family, which is, you know, means the world to me too. And she comes from such a strong and a beautiful family. Of course, you know her dad, Arnold Schwarzenegger and her mom, Maria Shriver. And then she married like a wonderful man who we all love, Chris Pratt. So she just really does have this lovely family around her. And I sensed that groundedness in her counsel and in her instruction and in the things that matter to her. So the gift of forgiveness, what a great tool right now, helping us walk through this moment in time with as much grace and love and forgiveness as we can muster up for one another. That feels important. That feels like something we'll be proud of later, right? So happy that you are with us during this quarantine season. We just simply want to serve you well and put some tools in your toolkit for this place that we all find ourselves in. I know it has really served me well, and I hope it is serving you too. So it's our joy to bring it to you week in and week out right now, every Monday and Friday. And so Laura and the production team and Amanda and I say thank you, and we love you, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.